0: that's hyper-thetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.
1: Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome to the madness. Every week I have on a new guest who tells me some awful audition stories. Sometimes they're really funny and sometimes they break your heart. And we have a great time talking about their career, their accomplishments, and all of the uh, missteps along the way. Before we get started with this show, I just wanted to take a moment... Of silence for Helena Hutchins, who tragically lost her life creating art last week. So please join me in that moment now. I know that a lot of us in the filmmaking community have been beside ourselves this past week, it's been rough. And my heart really does go out to everybody who was on that set, everyone who knew Helena, her family, her friends, her husband, her son. I never had the pleasure of working with her, but she sounds like she was so full of life and so full of creative juice and wonderful vision. And our industry is definitely lesser without her here. While we are here, before we do uh, the interview portion of the show, I just want to remind everybody, I know that Halloween is this weekend, and I am very excited and yes, my costume is done and yes, I'm picking it up and yes I will put photos on uh, Instagram for you to see. But please, please please, please be safe this weekend. There is still a pandemic going on. I am going to a party, but we are all vaccinated. We are all getting tested 72 hours beforehand. We are all going to be safe as possibly can be wearing masks. So please be safe this weekend. Please don't drink and drive. Take an Uber, call a friend, stay over at that person's house, whoever you're with. Just be safe and uh, considerate of others, I beg you. Today on the show, we have Bo Yokely. He and I had such a great chat and it was so nice to meet a an actor with such enthusiasm for the art of filmmaking. So here is my conversation with Beau Yokely. And welcome to the show, Mr. Beau Yokely. Thank
2: you very much, Julian.
1: How are you doing on this fine day?
2: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, It's starting to look like fall a little bit out there, so I'm excited.
1: Are you on the East Coast or the West Coast?
2: I'm on the East Coast currently.
1: Ooh, lucky. I want to see some trees turning.
2: We, we get all four seasons. Yeah. So uh, I say North Carolina a lot of the time. And, you know, we have winter, we get snow, fall, beautiful leaves change, summer, spring, the whole thing. So,
1: yeah. I shot a, a movie out in North Carolina when I was, I think I was 19. And uh, it was funny October 1st, it started snowing. And everyone was like, this is bizarre. It shouldn't be happening. Uh, just so no, you know.
2: I, I have never. I don't remember that. When was this?
1: Uh, okay, so twenty I was nineteen, so that's ten years ago. So twenty eleven. Um, and we were filming like in the mountains. Like we were up oh, in a God. tiny, tiny little town called Banner Elk outside of Boone.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I know was there a Banner Elk was that. In fact, one yeah. of the restaurants is there. Yeah.
1: Really? Yes. Is it the little Italian one that's down like off the mountain?
2: <laughs> no, it's um I think it's called Sixpence Pub. I believe is a okay. It's like a little hole in the wall. You would walk right by it, but it's like a it's like an old Irish style pub and the food is incredible though. And uh yeah, that's where me and my wife love love coming.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. I love little places like that where you stumble and you're like, Oh, this is a whole lot different than I thought it was going to be.
2: And and that is usually the anomaly. Most of the time yeah. when it looks bad, it's <laughs> not very bad. <laughs> but occasionally, you know, you go to New York or sometimes in L.A., you'll you'll run those holes in the wall and it's like, you know, it changes your life.
1: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you got started in this wild entertainment world.
2: Mm, where did I get started? Well, I guess the day I was born. No, I won't say that. <laughs> I would say that um, I. OK, so funny story time. I was the guy. In high school, we all remember it circa, circa 2005, 6, seven, eight. I was the guy at the front of Abercrombie standing okay. there shirtless and yeah. Look, Abercrombie, that was me. Okay. I, I literally did this job. And and and, and my wife remembers <laughs> this in high school. And, and so the girls would come and, and see me working there and like, you know, take pictures, or whatever. But uh, that was how I got involved with modeling. And of course, yeah. the modeling world, as you know, is pretty closely correlated with uh, acting in some regards. And so. Mm-hmm. My print agent at the time, you know, I've been working pretty consistently, kept saying, you know, you need to go out for for acting. You know, you, you have too much personality. You want to you, you, wanna, you know, entertain too much. There's no way you should just <laughs> print. Try this, try this, try this. So after a long time of saying no, eventually I said okay. And uh, from the time I said okay, it was like, you know, one of the biggest sets I've ever been on, a Marvel Studios set, you know, was one of the first things I've ever done. And, of course, that sets the bar pretty high you know uh yeah i mean were...
1: that's that's like you're starting at the top then
2: <laughs> well fortunately you know it, my my role was uh minor in the sense that there wasn't a, a ton of like dialogue and like that but the fact that you know i was there for a week and i was able to work with james gunn and who's just I one was, of the best uh, filmmakers ever oh my gosh like he's, he's incredible. incredible he's incredible and and literally julian I, day one i said you know, you he know, you know, asked everyone's name, I'm Bo, and he remembered my name from every single day. Bo, we need to do this, do this, whatever, whatever. And so that, you know, had a special place in my heart because yeah. these guys are bigger than life. You know, they're they're literally like icons and you be able to see that they're genuinely good people and that they, you know, all want to make the best move we can. And so, like you said, that set the bar really high. Yeah. Um, and and so from there on forward, you're hooked. You know, when you're yeah. able to see behind the, the scenes and some people, takes away the magic for me it just added more to it and it realized like, Hey man, this is, this is so feasible. This is so doable. Yeah. You're going to get, you know, beat up a lot, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think it's the only thing I was designed or something that I could naturally do without having to try too hard. And that mm-hmm. uh, the resilience uh, is there in this field and only this field for me, you know, everything <laughs> else I'm like, you know what? I don't like that much, but this is like, you know, you get the crap kicked out of for years and years and years and, years, and eventually, you know, it's, it stops hurting.
1: <laughs> that's a good way to put it. It stops hurting a little it does, bit, a little it does, bit yeah. each time, stops hurting.
2: Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, going to the gym, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we lift weight and eventually that weight we started with, it's not heavy anymore. So you add more weight, right? Well, that weight didn't necessarily get lighter. It's just the fact that you got stronger. It's the same way. I kind of look at this. It's, it's hmm. not that, you know, the rejection isn't there. Of course it is it's it's there for everyone. I mean, it's, it's nothing but that, but eventually it stops hurting and eventually you, you, you get so calloused that you don't, not in a bad way, but you, you get so tough skinned that um, it doesn't cut you when you don't get the, the role when right. you're so close to a, you know, a career changing move and it doesn't happen. You know, that stuff happens to everyone, but eventually you, you stop even thinking or feeling it because it just, you know, you've done it enough.
1: Right. Well, it's, it's that, you know, that ability to really start framing things as a job, and and not really as like you know a, a dreamscape that you wish to be a part of, but really as a job, and saying, hey, some this things don't work out ninety percent of the time, but they do that ten percent, and that's what you got to focus on.
2: That's it, you know. And I think the greatest things in life are the hardest things in life. You know, I mean, I think that, uh, that that's a principle for almost anything. And so, of course, this career is no different. I think that, that people see the glitz and the glamour and they think, you know, people got lucky. And some people, I don't necessarily believe in luck, but I think some people do have an easier path than what we may see. But, you know, that may they, their trial may be on the back end when, you know, you know, they don't work for 20 years. I don't know. But everyone thinks they're going to face trials and tribulations and, and uh, tough times. And it's really how you handle those. Uh, they're going to determine your longevity, I think.
1: Yeah. So, okay. You, you become an Abercrombie model and then you go off and <sighs> you do real modeling. And, um, do you go to any type of schooling for acting? Do you like start getting into classes? What is that like full transformation?
2: Yes. So of course that's when you, you know, after, after you get the, you realize this is what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, shortly after gardens, I was able to be on Bay Baywatch and I was a life garden there. Chopping, cutting room floor, you know, uh, for several, several of my big, bigger things. But again, two weeks on set with uh, Dwayne Johnson and uh, you know, Zach Efron, and seeing them operate and work and realizing, you know what, these guys, they took no acting classes. I mean, make no mistake about it. I love them truly, dearly. Like like meeting Zach Efron for me was like meeting, you know, uh, Elton John. Like it was it was larger than life because I watched this guy from high school, you know, all the way up and through too, and doing, he was the guy who saw, you know, early on thought. If he could, do, I feel like maybe I can. But meeting them and seeing that they're very fallible, that they don't want to come in with every nuanced little inflection of their voice ready and prepared, that many, many, many situations are going to be, uh, you know, marketing, and, and they're going to be, you know, kind of where we're uh, um, you're, you're trying to be putting in a position that you're going to be able to get to the next job. And so for seeing them do that, I knew I was going to take classes. I knew it was necessary. We, you know, we we started doing even before. <laughs> covid we're doing you know online classes and and video conferences and video classes and then local classes fortunately i have the school of the arts which is 15 minutes from where i live and that's you know primarily focused on um you know filmmaking and and acting and so we have a great acting studio here in in winston salem north carolina that i attended uh for a bit um but then you know you kind of learn on the job you know Mm -hmm. i've always done better in that way um I think some people, they, they, you know, really love and cling on to this, the, 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 the safety of a class, but I feel like the only real true freedom I've ever felt, the only growth I've ever really felt was being pushed out into the deep end and saying, <laughs> you're about to get fired or you're going to rise to the occasion. And there have been situations like that. It's like, you know, if I don't get this, I'm done you know, yeah. with this, this, this project. Uh, but then for some reason, you know, that little extra bit of, uh, you know, push, it really kind of, you know, elevates you and, and, and it worked out great. And, so acting classes, yes, of course, uh, we've got it all involved with that, but I focused a lot on the business of show business. Um, mm-hmm. I came from a business background. And so I think I really, um, took it upon myself to get the right team around me, agents, managers, um, um, you know, publicists, all the things that kind of elevate, um, you to a certain level. And, uh, that that's kind of the path took.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, you've, been able to create this career for yourself with also not living in LA or New York sure. yes, I mean yes. that's that's a big um, accomplishment for a lot of people can you explain a little bit on like how you've been able to do that especially for the people who are listening that you know don't know that they want to move to a big city like that
2: sure sure so <sighs> My thought process, whether it's good or bad, has been, you know, many times what everyone's doing may not be the best fit. Hmm. So getting out of school and starting classes and, and getting some, you know, good early breaks, everyone faces that pressure of come to L.A., come to mm-hmm. L.A., it's here, it's here. And I had several friends who, who went out there and they took that path. And for me, I always felt more comfort in getting away from the riffraff and from the um, being so inundated with the quote-unquote industry that I don't get burnt out. You see, if if I'm involved, I have the personality that if I'm in if I'm in a city in a situation where everyone's an actor and everyone wants to be an actor and everyone can potentially elevate, I won't sleep. I won't eat. I will do nothing <laughs> but market and go, 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 go. And then, you know, i in several situations, get, get burnt out. I'm like, man, you know, I, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And so when I was in LA or I was in New York, it was like that. And so I knew that longevity wise, it would be better for me to be able to remove myself and then to drop into a situation, whether it be filming in Atlanta or filming in Los Angeles or New York and be there for the work. And, and when I'm there, I am, Fully there and only about that, but then I, I you know, check out uh, mm-hmm. and, and go uh, somewhere else. That's helped me better in my process, better because I don't feel quite as overwhelmed and I don't feel quite as um, like a, like a, like a dog chasing a car that, does, that yeah. doesn't doesn't stop, you know. And, and, and so <laughs> you, you tend to get burnt out for that. So that's really the reason why I, I made that decision um, years ago. Is like I don't know that it's necessary now. Now does it help? Sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think I think I definitely miss out on some stuff, but I also think that the way technology is nowadays. I mean, you're you're in L. A. Yeah. Right?
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: So the way technology is nowadays, look at us. I yeah. know. Here we I, are. I did to fly to L. A. You didn't have to fly to the East Coast. No. And we're able to do this now. And and so you know, casting and and auditions and callbacks and many 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 things I've landed and done have been this way mm-hmm. because I think people are communicating now and realizing that. We can cut out a lot of the the fluff that there used to be, and we're gonna have 30 actors waiting in a room for you to you know come one at a time. You, know, you talk about the nerves; it takes people out. You talk about you know one oh, yeah. take, you know, and you talk about you're late. All these factors are eliminated, and now you're just seeing the pure best actors mm. on tape, which is what the producers see anyway is a tape right. of your audition. So it's like. I think that's what casting is, is seeing you know they're realizing like okay well maybe maybe this thing can be streamlined we can see <laughs> 500 people in the same time i used to take a c50 yeah and you're getting better material getting better actors you're getting across the board from you know london to, to you know china to, to u.s that's it's, it's, it's easier and that's been more beneficial for me for sure
0: you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Boucher, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's this last, you know, year and a half has really opened up the ways of even filmmaking I mean there's so many films that were made that were purely done on like zoom and FaceTime and and things that are just you know they may not be the next you know huge hit but it's it's something that creatively fulfilled those filmmakers and those actors during that time and I think it's just I think it's really cool that we're living in a time where it's like you can live in North Carolina you can live anywhere and still be able to have a successful Career that is growing,
2: right, right, and you know the the old adage, necessity is the mother of invention. You know, mm-hmm. and so for this, you know, we need the industry needed to have, uh, you know, if if it was COVID, you have the writers taking a break, writing the great, amazing material. They get not, they're not getting inundated, they're not getting bombarded with other things, but that's also created the necessity to cast things electronically and digitally. And then the result of doing so is coming out and it's like, these are just as these movies and shows are just as good as when we were doing quote unquote in-room auditions. Mm-hmm. So I think that that streamlined that process and from all the casting guys I personally spoken to and producers I've spoken to, it's like it just elevated everything. And now mm-hmm. it's more efficient that it's not quite as archaic as like, you know, in, in this, in the seventies, eighties and some nights, and even two thousands, it's like, Hey, you'll be a movie star. You go to LA. That's the only yeah. way of doing it. And now I think there's a lot of ways, even a lot of uh, stars moving out and mm-hmm. doing. Their own thing. And for this kind of same reason, you know, I talked about. You know, I think Matthew McConaughey's famous for doing the same thing. Chris Pratt famous doing the same thing. It's like it's better for some to be away from it and yeah. uh, than to be so surrounded by all the time. And you know, digitally, the technology advancements we made through COVID and, and previous years have allowed that to happen pretty seamlessly.
1: Well, LA is, I talk about this a lot with my best friend who lives in New York, because it's just so different. LA is like this bubble of only like entertainment industry people. And it's really hard to see the world outside of it. Like it's really difficult because everyone is almost working towards the same goal. Everyone is just like hustle, 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 hustle. And there's no, there's no world outside of entertainment almost. Like LA is such a bubble.
2: Yeah, it's 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 la la land, right? Um, it really it's is. all it's called that on purpose, you know. It's it's not an accident. and so because I think people it really is it is magic, it is absolute magic when you're there, and you can see you know the streets and you can see the buildings that are in movies and you can see the, the double Theater, you can see all these things. But I think that there is also something and some credence to, um, you know, reminding yourself there is a real world and mm-hmm. staying grounded is is very very key. Um, for particularly a particular lot, of what I do, um, and not getting wiped up in, in in the hubbub, and, yeah, and uh, you know, because I have ADD, <laughs> and so <laughs> there, it's like, oh, I'm literally like like a dog chasing uh, <laughs> a hundred tennis balls. So I'm like, I don't know what I go? uh but yeah.
1: Wow. So tell me a little bit about uh, the producing side of you, because I've noticed that you have started to get more into producing as well as acting so tell me how that started and what you're working on
2: yeah um going back to what i said uh, necessity is the mother of invention right (laughs) and so uh you know for me we all have these stories we want to tell right and we all have these things that we have passion projects and things that you know we feel like we're the only ones who can tell this story whatever this story is everyone has their own thing and so for me i knew that having a controlling aspect as to what I was shooting and having a controlling aspect of um, the story I wanted to tell wasn't a necessity. You know, the, mm. the, the, icons that I hold up in my, you're probably going to see some of my movies here. I mean, you know, from yeah. Gladiator to the 300, you know, Braveheart, Troy, I mean, all these famous war epic movies, if you want to call them that, <laughs> those impacted my childhood. So I'm like, okay, this is where we're going. We're going in this world eventually, you know, we're starting smaller. Obviously, you, know, you don't go flat <laughs> off for the uh, two hundred million dollar budget feature. You know, but you know, you, you do start smaller to tell stories that you want to tell. And so, we—I um, was fortunate enough to be able to work with um, several writers and one other producer, of, of, uh, a friend of mine now, who believed in the same thing I was doing. And, and believed in uh, ideas that I was having that could be really a genuine take on um, a story and, and uh, something that we could work on together. So, you know, we went through the process with the writers and for months, you know, they were writing and they, and they would send me a copy and we would make notes and then and I would write, they would write back and forth and just kind of evolving this thing. And so eventually without getting enough attention, it's like we were able to do this in a shelter of COVID that's mm. why I go back. It's like, you know, you had this bubble that, well, what, what else is everyone going to do? You know, you're sitting at home for the most part, you know, you have a computer and you have the internet, man, write, create. And I'm not a writer, <laughs> so don't get it twisted. Like, I have no way a writer. I'm more of like, like, a, like an idea guy and, and, yeah. and tell a story. But um, so I guess think partnering up with people who, you know, much like you probably do in L.A., Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you do in L.A., right? You, you're able to, to glean on to other artists and they have maybe the same belief and, and understanding as you. Um, and so I was able to do that. And, uh, you know, we continue to do that. And, you know, we're very fortunate going forward and, and uh, looking forward to getting some of these, eventually these, these war epics. Yeah. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so exciting. You know, producing is, um, it's one of the greatest joys, I think, uh, yeah. because you really get to have that, that business side of you work, but you still have the creative control at the end of the day with the director and writer. And, and that collaboration is something that's really special in filmmaking. Um, so I'm excited to see what you guys make.
2: Yeah, like, like you said, I think that, uh, you know, controlling the business aspect of things as well. I think yeah. it's really important for um, actors and actors listening to understand this is, you know, that is show business. Mm-hmm. And that you know the greatest artists, the greatest uh, you know actors will never be seen because yeah. they didn't do the other portion, and that is the 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 business part of things. And the fact that you are your own business, and if you don't take it the serious, or you think that it's it's just uh, you know you're going to be seen because you're that good, you won't be. And you you have to put yourself in situations to understand the business of things and how does it work. And that's, I think my understanding from the beginning I started acting, I knew I had to understand that portion because I got to know who's making the decisions to put me in their movies or not. Why are they making decisions to put me in or not put me in? And so I think in understanding that really, that's what opened the door to producing. It's like, well, man, you know, all these decisions anyone can make, um, anyone can be creative i think it's just you know asking asking a lot of help and and uh, don't ask for forgiveness don't ask for permission just just do it and then yep. ask for this later on and uh just just kind of blaze your own way
1: yeah and I think it's so much more accessible now you know we don't have a studio mm-hmm. system that's saying like you have to have a contract with one studio to be able to be an actor like you can do whatever you want now you can shoot an iPhone movie and have it be something like Tangerine that ends up at huge film festivals and huge you know award shows so I think you know the world is kind of our oyster now as creatives because there's so much that we are able to do now without the help of the huge executives that are the gatekeepers
2: that's right that's right I think that um companies like you know, Amazon who are getting the market they have, you know, more money than they can possibly understand. <laughs> uh, people are giving people creative freedom and, and Netflix is doing the same thing. They, it, now that they don't have to say, We want if a thousand things, we want this these dots checked out. It's like, no, if it's good, we'll put it up. Yep. And if it's not, we're not going. To so, you know, now that kinda of allows you the creative freedom of and voices that have not been told or not, not not been spoken yet to step up because everyone has their own creative process and their own um idea of how things should work. And if you think you have an idea, you think you can do it, man, create it. Do it. And then let the, you know, the if you want to put it up on a big platform, let them decide if it's good enough or not. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it's not doesn't matter if it's it doesn't mean if it is good, it just means if they it's right for them. It's just like right. dating you know, it, you know right. it may be perfect but maybe not perfect for this person you know it may be perfect over here so
1: I yeah i mean a lot of this industry is opinion based which can oh, be so God. frustrating because then you're like well why didn't i why didn't i do this or why didn't i get this or why didn't this work out in my favor and it's like some other person's opinion just was different that's,
2: that's it. it that's it yeah we we thought that the guy uh you know in my situation the guy had uh, black hair you have blonde yeah. that's it that's it's it <laughs> Okay, well, and you know that kind of goes back to—it's not about you necessarily know, so even your acting a lot of yeah. times, and that's what yeah. most people don't understand. It's like it's not that you it's are really not, that actor, or that you are not—you uh, know—even what they're looking for. It's the fact that it could be something so small and minute, but enough, sorry, enough that you know they're like they have options. Like we're gonna go over here. It's nothing personal. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of people understand. I, I understand very early on is that it's nothing personal if they don't take you. It's, it's mm-hmm. not that they have it against you. It's, if if casting agents are bringing you back in over and over again, you're good. It's, it's just a matter of time. You'll your breakthrough. Right you just you know if they see what you're bringing every time and um, they're looking for a, a spot for you, that's why they keep bringing you back in. And, and not be discouraged by the door slamming in your face.
1: <laughs> Speaking of door slamming in your face, on this show oh. we like to share audition stories. Uh, mm. Do you have any auditions that you would like to share with the listeners?
2: Oh. Yes, okay, so I know we want to do something that's gonna be that's gonna be funny. And so we'll, we'll start with one that's funny. Um, uh, so we I had an audition for a feature. Big part, lead, lead role in, in, in a feature that was gonna be um, on Netflix. I'm not gonna tell you the name of it because I didn't get it. <laughs> but the the, the the story goes um, I was working with a, a coach at the time. And it was all about making dynamic choices and doing something unexpected. Um, and so in this situation, i give you a quick rundown. The character that I was playing was highly irritated, highly upset, and was being somewhat interrogated by the police, mm. FBI, federal, federal agents. And um, so I made the decision to uh, face completely 90 degrees from where the camera was. So you could see a profile only and this was how i did my take and the cameraman completely on my side you can i see Harley in my face them lighting the the whole thing felt great about like, oh man no one's going to do anything like that and at that point i made the mistake of thinking just because you do something different doesn't mean it's good different yeah. it just said <laughs> it looks weird and so you know i was like oh man I nailed that sent to my agent of course it goes directly to the casting and and you know we hear back and it's like um we couldn't even see you. We couldn't really hear you. Like what? No, this is not going to work out at all. It didn't even get another read. Like we don't want you for this role type thing. I was like, oh, <laughs> and, I, and I was so right for it. I was like the same height and weight and, you know, same, you know, symbol. And, and it was like, it was like everything lined up perfectly. But, uh, so that was the last time I did that. Yeah. Uh, just because being, being a uh, different doesn't mean it's good. Different, you know, no. just like, um, uh, movement doesn't mean progression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It means you're just moving around. Um, so that'd be one one story that I feel like you know people that. can appreciate that you won't do anything that'll be quite that bad. I heard the thing about Rachel McAdams doing her whole take on notebook facing you know the opposite way and, and not even looking at the camera. I was like, you know what if she can do it I can do it. Yeah, and it, it didn't get to it. Uh, that was one <laughs> and um, oh this is this is this is a recent one actually. It's for a movie I have coming out, Switch Before Birth, actually. Um, I was shooting a film uh, this last um, March Mm -hmm. and I get a callback. And of course, I'm out of town, I'm in a hotel. And we, you know, callbacks X amount of time. So I have to stop shooting. I tell the director I need 15 minutes. I got this callback. You know, she was gracious enough to let me do that. Go up. And, you know, the thing that our director, Elizabeth Rome, who's incredible, by the way, what she said calmed me so much because, you know, you're you're, you're dancing in the world of, you know, who you really are, this other character I'm playing in this movie, and then also I'm going to be this other person for 15 minutes. Right. I guess it's a really weird dynamic. And so we got online, and then there was, you know, all the execs from the studio, casting director, uh, three other actors, and the director. Yeah. And um, the thing she said that, that, that calmed me so much is she said, um, now, this is just a formality. But we just need you to read one more time. That, to me, all the nerves left. And even if it was just, I told her this story later on, in fact, I did on her her, uh, podcast. Later on, it it calmed me enough to know like, oh, 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 this is mine already. So I was able to be loose and to be able to be in the present in the moment and and really react to a screen in a hotel room versus trying to do this rote memory, you know, um, thing that I had prepared beforehand. And you don't always get that. I mean, you know, we've all worked with directors who would never do that, but then right. I was fortunate enough that she was sensitive to the, the situation and said, you know, you, you, this is all formality. So whenever you you want to do it and, you know, it was a great callback and we ended up doing it and, and getting doing film. So,
1: yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like having that little bit of reassurance can truly change the whole experience, the totally. whole experience for you.
2: Totally. And and they can do the opposite, you know. Um, yeah. I think that we've all, we all almost lost jobs, but you know, you, you can you can get that pressure, and you can get the pressure thrown in your face so hard, and you know, it's the like fight or flight kind of thing, and you know, it, it'll tense you up to the point you can't even you can't even you know breathe. And mm-hmm. like I said, fortunately, you know, working and doing that, it was um, it, it worked out really well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember an acting teacher once told me when I was. A teenager to always walk into the room like the part's already yours because then you don't have those those nerves. Just be like, yeah, this is mine, and we're just doing this for fun. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't get it, well, you don't get it. But at least you can get rid of that that nervous little feeling in your stomach where you're like, oh man, I don't know.
2: Well, particularly if you really want the part to, yeah, you know, really you know, hungry for this part, whether it be you need it for the money, you need it for the career, but. Um, you know, it is a different beast when you do see the other actors and you do see the casting and yeah. it's always a little colder in there than it was in the hallway. Always it's like, colder. What, what is this? There's these <laughs> these games that are being played with you. So like you said, you gling to oh my God, the casting director shook in my hand with his left hand. And a so, that's a good sign. Like you try to like gling on little thing I hope you can't like, oh yeah, that's, this is good. You know, to calm those, those little nerves. But again, it goes back to, you know, if you do it enough, you do stop having those, believe it or not. And yeah. I think, you know, you kind of start being yourself regardless.
1: Well, Bo, I've so enjoyed having you on the show. Where can people follow you on social media to keep up with everything that you're doing?
2: Yeah, sure. It's um, Bo, this B-O underscore Yokely, Y-O-K-E-O-Y at Instagram and Facebook. I never get on Facebook, but if I do, <laughs> then hey, there we are. <laughs> Instagram, I'm not going to lie.
1: I love that. Well, thank you again so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and I wish you all the success in the future.
2: Thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I'll talk soon.
1: Thanks again to Bo for coming on the show. Tune in next week. I have Elena Sanchez on the show and we have a great chat um, all about creating your own future. So tune in next week. And until then, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it now. Leave us some love with rate and reviews with whatever that means. I just totally stepped over my words, but whatever. Uh, So yeah, rate, review the podcast, and follow us on social media. We post really fun IGTVs every single week from these interviews. You can see us talking actually to each other in different rooms but to each other so go to our instagram those links are in the show notes and uh happy halloween you spooks i hope you have a great weekend again please be safe and as always thanks for coming in
2: anna sheridan new york times best-selling author of supernatural horror missing for nearly six months now that's not possible Is the compass broken or did I it? given the circumstances of her disappearance someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierced the veil so to speak
0: weak radio signal 700 meters closing fast
2: there's no place for ghost stories and close encounters in this investigation, or any other.
1: I need you to find me.
2: To, to, to save yourself. Of course. What else would it be? The Sheridan a serialized horror-mystery podcast. Stream the complete series today on Realm and on all podcasting platforms.